awareness of the body, awareness of breathing, generating mindfulness. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Homage to the blessed, noble and perfectly enlightened one. In this talk, I intend to explain both the technique and the purpose of the basic body sweeping and breath meditations presented on this CD. Firstly, body sweeping meditation. What is this? In this meditation, we are practicing being aware of the physical posture of the body and also being aware of the feelings in the body, primarily on the surface of the skin. Why would we do this? Well, it is a curious thing that when we bring our natural capacity to be aware back to the present moment physical experience of the body and allow our awareness to rest within these parameters, the mind can become very bright, light and peaceful. As the mind becomes peaceful, the body may also begin to feel light at ease and relaxed. In the guided body sweeping meditation, we will first establish the awareness of the sitting posture and then move our awareness slowly through the body from the top of the head, all over the body and down to the tips of the toes. Practicing simply being aware of the feelings on the surface of the skin. We will do this quite slowly taking about 25 minutes. After establishing mindful awareness of physical feelings in this way, towards the end of the meditation, we will then bring our awareness to rest on the physical feelings involved in the in and out breathing, practicing being mindful of the feelings involved in each in and out breath, the ordinary and natural breath. This sounds simple enough in theory, but for beginning meditators, and for many meditators at times, this simple task can actually be a little challenging. Why? Simply because we have not practiced using our awareness in this way very much in the past. For most of us, the external phenomena of the outside world have occupied much of our attention most of the time. What this means is that we have been sending our awareness outside of the body out into the world almost constantly, and not actually keeping much awareness or attention inside of our physical bodies. I think that this is perhaps one of the reasons that many people can have difficulties meditating upon the breath. We have become so habituated to being busy and doing complex things with our minds that staying with the breath seems almost too simple. The body sweeping meditation is one good way to re-establish a present moment body-based quality of mindfulness. Once we have done this, meditating upon the breath becomes much easier. There are of course other ways to collect the mind a little before commencing breath meditation. 
Many people find that doing 20 minutes or half an hour of chanting is a good way to bring the mind back to the moment. Some people also find that after a half an hour of walking meditation, the mind is much more willing to settle upon the breathing. By doing practices like body sweeping meditation, or chanting, or walking meditation, we are beginning to settle and prepare the mind to be more receptive to the simple, more subtle meditation upon the breath. It is a good thing to notice in your practice, whenever you attempt to do a session of breath meditation, does your mind stay with its object? Most of us still have some challenges with thinking and mental wandering while on the meditation cushion, but there are degrees to which this is a problem. If the mind always seems to wander during the sitting meditation, you might seriously consider doing some preparation before you come to the actual session. If this seems relevant to you, you can experiment for yourself to see what seems to help. For most modern meditators, the thinking mind is somewhat out of balance. We have trained ourselves to think a lot, and so when we come to meditate, the mind naturally tends towards thinking. In our mindfulness of breathing meditations, we are gently trying to train the mind to simply be aware and to rest in awareness, to learn to put aside thinking for short periods of time. By making time to meditate daily and training our minds to understand that the time for mindfulness meditation is not the time for thinking. But since our thinking habit is very deeply ingrained, we all have to be energetic and also very patient with training the mind in new ways. Of course, analytical and reflective meditations are equally valid forms of meditation, but it is generally accepted that training the mind in mindfulness of breathing lays a good foundation for such meditations. Because unless we have trained ourselves to stay with a simple meditation object such as the breathing, it would usually be quite difficult to stay within the parameters of reflective meditations, which utilize thinking within prescribed boundaries. If the mind wanders a lot in breath meditation, it will probably tend to wander in reflective meditations as well. Training the mind not to wander is easier to do with breath meditation than with reflective meditations in general, especially if the method of counting the breaths is used. For as soon as the mind wanders, we lose track of the number, we notice this, and we start again. Once the mind has been trained in a new way, through repeated meditation, and understands that it does not need to think all of the time, obsessive thinking generally becomes much less of a problem. Many meditators have observed that once the mind has experienced some peacefulness in meditation, it begins to recognize and value this kind of experience as well, and then subsequently becomes much more willing and able to put unnecessary thinking aside. This is a tremendous relief for people who worry a lot. In mindfulness-generating activities such as body sweeping and breath meditations, we are training and practicing to simply be aware. During the meditation session, we are trying to put aside many of the activities which habitually clutter the mind's innate quality of natural awareness. We are practicing letting go of perceptions about the world, thoughts and concepts about the world, thoughts and perceptions about ourselves, 
and thoughts and feelings about other beings in the world too, to whatever extent that we are able, for short periods of time. We practice this letting go by taking up a meditation object, such as the awareness of physical feelings in the body, or awareness of the in and out breathing. These two types of meditation have been presented in guided forms on this CD. When the mind takes up a meditation object correctly, the other things which usually occupy it, such as conceptual or discursive thoughts, simply and naturally fall away. But this is a process that we all need to understand and gain a lot of experience of. This is why I have presented the guided meditations on this CD in the way that I have, to demonstrate several ways to facilitate this process, the process of gathering the mind and bringing it to settle upon an object. I am suggesting a progression as follows. Do the body sweeping meditation a few times, becoming familiar with it, then move on to the breath meditations. You will notice that each of the breath meditations begins with an abbreviated form of the body sweeping exercise. This is intentional. The idea is that we are gaining some experience in gathering and collecting or grounding the mind before turning to the more subtle breath. With regards to the various noting methods that have been suggested in the breath meditations, there is also a consistent progression. Essentially, going from using mental noting quite a lot, and then, as the meditation progresses, noting less and less, hopefully settling more and more single-pointedly upon the breath. What I have presented here are some methods and techniques which I have found useful, and which others have found useful on some occasions when I have been invited to teach. I hope that you find the way that these methods have been presented helpful too. Of course, I am not an expert on jhana, nor am I an Olympic-grade Anapanasati practitioner. I do use breath meditation as the foundation in most of my own meditation, and I can generally make my mind a little bit peaceful in most meditation sessions. But for personalized and specialized guidance with breath meditation, you will need to find an experienced teacher. For those of you who do not have access to an experienced teacher, it is also good to feel confident that by understanding the basic process of meditation, with enough sincere effort and repetition, you will learn a lot about meditation all by yourself. You will come to understand how to make your own mind peaceful, at least to some degree, and quite possibly to a significant degree. And so when using this CD of guided meditations, and throughout all of your own practice as well, I encourage you to observe your own meditations and observe your own mind. Experiment and adjust the various methods of counting or noting to suit your own character. Find what works for you. In the breath meditations which utilize counting, it is important to remember that counting the breath is not the main task in the meditation. We are using the counting as an aid to help us to stay with an awareness of the breath and to restrain our thinking minds from wandering too far from our task. In all of the breath meditations, we are aiming at recognizing and developing awareness, natural awareness. The mental noting helps to keep us from straying too far from this task. During the process of learning how to employ mental noting techniques, 
meditators generally become more and more skilled at recognizing thinking as merely thinking, and a thought as merely a thought, and through experience generally become more and more skilled at dropping these thoughts and simply returning to the breath. Some people might not think so much, but rather frequently fall asleep. If this is the case for you, try meditating in a bright and open space, and make sure that your seat is not too comfortable. If you are meditating at night or in the early morning, you can leave a bright light on, if possible. Some people find that washing the face with cool water can help them to wake up and start again as well. I will take the opportunity now to say a few more things about breath meditation and the process of developing meditation in general. Many of the following points are things which my own teachers clarified for me over the years. With breath meditation, initially some people can have a habit of forcing the breathing. At first, it might seem difficult to pay close attention to the breathing without subtly trying to force or control it. This is an important thing to be aware of, because if we are controlling the breath in the meditation, the mind will probably not become very peaceful. However, if we simply allow the ordinary breath to come into the body and then leave the body naturally and rest our attention upon the physical feelings involved in this process, we will be learning how to let go of doing and controlling. Activities performed by a perceived self, and learning also how to rest in natural awareness, mindfulness, something which has nothing to do with the self. Obviously, if we become skilled at doing this, we will be able to derive tremendous benefit along the path of developing insight. When we are meditating with the breath, we try to be aware of the natural breath, simply placing our awareness on the process of breathing, being aware of the feelings involved with breathing, being aware of the breath coming in, and then aware of the breath going out. It is a curious thing that when we can simply stay with the natural breath as a meditation in this way, the mind can become very happy and peaceful, very contented. Meditating upon the breath can have a lovely, calming and pacifying effect upon the entire body and mind. It can also lead the mind into very powerful states of concentration. Considering all of these things, we can see that breath meditation is potentially quite a profound activity, leading to states of calm and peacefulness, increasing the power of the mind, and laying the foundation for developing insight. But if we have not meditated upon the breath very much before, or if we have not been meditating correctly, it can take some time to get these kinds of results. And this is perfectly okay. Try not to get too stressed about trying to be peaceful. Right from the beginning, it is important not to be in too much of a hurry. When we enter the realm of meditation, as well as learning new ways to focus, we are learning how to relax and learning how to be patient. As a result of these kinds of qualities, focus, effort, determination, relaxation and patience, peacefulness will come along by itself, in its own time. Occasionally, 
some meditators can actually be a little frightened of peacefulness. It is important to become conscious of this. On one level, we want to let go of stress, but on another level, we are frightened of the unfamiliar territory of peacefulness. Perhaps this is because if the mind were to become truly peaceful, there would not be much of a sense of a self or a personality present in the experience. This can seem a little alarming, because we are so accustomed to navigating the world from the perspective of the personality. At times like this, it is good to contemplate the drawbacks of remaining attached to a deluded sense of self, and good also to try to increase faith in the value of letting go. If you have met truly well-developed teachers before, well-practiced nuns and monks or meditation masters, try to bring to mind their inspiring qualities. Did any of these people seem to have become diminished by becoming adept at letting go into peacefulness? My experience of association with well-developed meditators is that they are very happy people and very pleasant to be near. You can bring to mind also that these meditation practices were recommended by the Buddha, the most wise and compassionate being that ever stepped upon this earth. So if you find that during the course of your meditation that it seems like you are about to disappear, don't worry about it. Go ahead and disappear. Simply relax and enjoy the spacious, uncontracted feeling. Enjoy it while it lasts. When you come out of your meditation, you will have a lot more clarity and calm and will be able to live a more focused and skillful life. Most people who meditate a lot will experience some interesting or curious phenomena. Some meditators experience these things only occasionally, whereas others may experience them quite often. During the course of the meditation, some people might begin to feel extremely light and perhaps feel as if they are floating. Others might feel very large and spacious, as though they had suddenly become as big as the sky. Others might feel enormous, yet dense and heavy, like a big mountain. At other times, there may be feelings of rapture or bliss rippling through the body to the point where tears of joy stream out of the eyes. Tanajananan, one of my teachers, has explained that all of these phenomena are a type of rapture. These things are a good sign in the sense that they signal that the mind is beginning to collect or become concentrated. If any of these things occur in your meditations, it is important to understand that all of this is actually quite normal. Millions of people have experienced these things before. This is simply what can happen when a mind begins to become deeply concentrated. Generally, my teachers have encouraged people to try to move past the feelings of rapture into a deeper, steadier quality of cool tranquility, if possible. In developing meditation, it is important to remember not to become too excited or fascinated by these kinds of experiences, understanding that these feelings are arising because we are with our meditation object in a focused way. It is as simple as that. When this occurs, if you suddenly start to get excited, you will most probably find that the pleasant or peaceful feelings will quickly disappear. The mind will return to a superficial or agitated state. 
Should rapture arise in your meditation, remember to simply stay with your meditation object, primarily the breathing, allowing it to lead you into deeper and deeper states of calm. It is important to remember, after the meditation as well, not to become proud and puffed up because of an interesting meditation experience. Similarly, try not to get depressed if nothing interesting ever seems to happen either. If the meditation is blissful, try to remain patient and humble. And if nothing happens at all, try to be patient and humble as well. This way, you can be peaceful. Don't go too far up or too far down. Try to stay in the peaceful middle. Not everyone will experience such things, or at least not that often, but it generally is the case that the pleasure which comes from meditation can be very blissful and subtle. It might, quite literally be, better than anything else we ever experienced in our lives so far. And so naturally, if one experiences this, it is difficult not to get excited about it, and not to want to tell all of our friends. But it is an important principle to remember that basically, the peacefulness and joy that can arise in meditation actually doesn't have anything to do with the self or the ego. It is not actually our peacefulness or our special experience that is occurring. It really is simply the nature of conscious beings' minds, inasmuch as when they become concentrated in a wholesome way, bliss and peaceful feelings do arise. This is in fact the potential of everybody. Anybody who meditates diligently for long enough will naturally experience these things. And it is perfectly okay to feel joyful and confident about the value of meditation after experiencing these things. But it is usually because of letting go of attachments to our egos that such peacefulness and bliss can arise. If we start to get proud about these experiences, we will in fact be undermining the very causes which enabled the experience to arise. Whereas some people might think a lot and may not experience much deep peacefulness, other people can be at the opposite end of the spectrum. Perhaps due to diligent efforts in past lives, it seems that some people's minds are simply ripe or ready to rest in very deep states of peacefulness. For these types of people, different phenomena can occur. Should you find that you are becoming very peaceful and your breathing becomes very refined and shallow, my teachers have explained that it is important not to panic. What this usually means is that the mind and body are becoming relaxed and serene. When the mind and body are peaceful in this way, less oxygen is needed. The mind simply rests more and more deeply inside, using less and less physical energy. For some people, as the mind becomes increasingly peaceful, the breath can even seem to disappear. Once again, don't panic. The thing to take notice of is the quality of the mind. If you are peaceful and experiencing a deep sense of well-being, there is nothing to fear. Relax and enjoy the peacefulness. The mind will move from its peaceful state once it is ready and the breath will be there again. Sometimes when the mind is becoming peaceful, there can also be a sense of light or brightness appearing before one. Even though the eyes are closed, there seems to be a bright light in front of one. Once again, don't panic or get too excited. 
This is simply another one of the phenomena that can arise when the mind is becoming peaceful. Should this occur, the best thing to do at this time is simply to stay with the experience of peacefulness. In doing this, the light or brightness may become even brighter, which is fine. Just stay with the peacefulness. Once again, many people may not experience this, and this is fine too. I am a little reluctant to bring the next subject up, but recognizing that it might be helpful for some people, I feel that it should be included. For those rare meditators who might occasionally have visions of beings who may be from other realms, be they either angels or ghosts, or hell beings, or whatever, Ajahn Chah and Ajahn Anan, a disciple of Ajahn Chah, would never make much of a fuss about this. Whenever I heard people describe these kinds of experiences to Ajahn Anan during my times of living with him, he would most frequently say, just spread metta, radiate loving kindness. It is interesting to notice that in saying this, Tanajananan neither confirmed or denied the experiences of the meditators. The Buddha does mention that it is possible that such beings can come to rejoice in the good practice of meditators. But Ajananan and many other meditation masters as well stress that it is important not to become too desirous of these experiences or too fascinated by them, stressing that they are also not self. After considering at length Tanajananan's responses on these occasions, I can see that it was a very skillful advice. Essentially what he was saying was, stay with your meditation object, don't get pulled out by anything. Stay centered, grounded and mindful of your own experience in the present moment, in your body. This kind of advice also discourages the kind of delusions which can occur when people think that they are seeing such things but actually are not. The mind can be tricky. However, if we train in responding skillfully to all phenomena, be they either gross or subtle, and refrain from becoming fascinated or obsessed with anything at all, we will be laying down some very good foundations and habits which may prevent a lot of suffering. So if these kinds of things ever happen to you, remember that the advice of the great masters is just spread loving kindness, and simply stay with your meditation. Don't make anything out of it. Before ending this talk, one other danger or hindrance which I should mention, not a danger to you so much, but rather a danger to the progress of your meditation, is a latent desire for these kinds of unusual or special experiences. Along these lines, in a recent conversation that I had with Ajahn Kalyano, Ajahn Anand's senior Western disciple, he relayed some of the details of a conversation which he had translated between several Western monks at Wat Mapchan, Ajahn Anand's monastery in Thailand, and a renowned visiting meditation master, Lumpur Opat. The Western monks had asked Lumpur Opat how to give rise to success in their meditation. Very frankly and simply, Lumpur Opat had replied, Don't be greedy. In the meditation, don't be greedy. To have success in meditation, one has to put aside desire and craving. Ajahn Chah, of course, said the same thing, and so does Ajahn Samedo, Ajahn Pasano, and Ajahn Anan as well. The message seems pretty clear. Generally, the best thing to aim for in meditation is some simple peacefulness and consistent mindfulness. 
we should have an attitude of being willing to be content with whatever quality of peacefulness comes about of its own accord. At the same time, of course, we should put forth a lot of sincere effort to truly be with our meditation object. These attitudes and habits are both dependable and sustainable. And ironically, this is the attitude which actually gets the best results. Sometimes our meditation will be very peaceful, and sometimes it will only be a little bit peaceful, and other times perhaps not very peaceful at all, and this is okay. Of course, as a general principle, the more we meditate, the more we will learn how to let go into peacefulness. It is of course important to notice how the other aspects of our lives affect our meditation as well. We have to learn to abstain from the activities as well as habits of speaking and thinking which agitate the mind or weigh it down with remorse. Everything worth achieving in our lives requires commitment and discipline. It is of course exactly the same with meditation. This is simply the way of nature. Things must be nourished and taken care of in order to grow. In presenting the guided body sweeping and breath meditations contained on this CD, I have taken care to insert many gentle reminders to assist you in training to be aware of the meditation object, to recognize stray thoughts as simply thinking, and to come back again and again to the awareness of the feelings of the body, or the feelings involved with breathing. There are many reminders to simply be aware of the breath, or to remember to note the breath. Also, in the second half of some of the guided meditations, I have included occasional short quotes from the teachings of Venerable Ajahn Chah, which gently direct meditators towards this ever-present yet subtle quality of mindful awareness. I would like to say that I did not place Ajahn Chah late in the meditation process out of any kind of disrespect. Rather, I have hoped that after having made efforts at brightening and uplifting the mind, meditators will be more receptive to truly comprehend the wise words of this meditation master. For those of you who are interested in listening to the teachings of Venerable Ajahn Chah in a fuller and broader context, I have also included an excerpt from a reading in this CD and also an inspiring excerpt from a teaching by Arjuna Nun as well. Listening to Dharma talks frequently is an excellent way to support the growth of your meditation practice. And so in ending this talk now, I sincerely hope that these guided meditations and the reminders and encouragements contained within them are a support to you. Of course, rather than just listening, I encourage you all to meditate a lot. And within this process, I wish you every success. May you experience much contentment, much joy, much rapture. May you develop a lot of patience and a lot of wisdom.